last year, uh, almost, uh, I would say, June of last year, maybe May of last year, I started feeling a little bit sick. Um, and, uh, you know, I started going on this medical journey where I started going from uh, doctor to doctor and honestly was at a loss. You know, my life started to fall apart because, you know, I was getting tested, but I wasn't feeling any better. And doctors were telling me that it was all in my head. And as time went on, I just, you know, deteriorated more and more. And I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. And everybody's just saying, you know, hey, you've had any and every test done. You've gone to every single referral. You know, whatever's going on with you is, you know, it's not, it's nothing serious. So, you know, I, you know, started to become my own doctor, Dr. Google, as it were. Um, everybody, you know, they go through that period of life where they, you know, they start to go and Google things, you know, when they have like a small cough and they're like, oh, no, it's cancer, you know, or whatever it may be. In my case, um, as time went on, I started to fixate upon one thing, and that thing obviously being Lyme, as is the name of my podcast. Uh, my name is Ali Nakfi. I am from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, well, more so in Brampton, but Toronto is uh, our base over here. I'm a big Raptors fan. And yeah, so last year, um, I went to Japan, traveled to Costa Rica, and I came back and I started to feel sick. Um, I started to feel tired. Um, I started to feel, you know, malaise. I, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm really tired today. You know, what's, what's going on? And as time went on, I just felt more and more tired. And I was like, you know, I'm getting a full night's rest. But for some reason, I'm just, you know, I'm really beaten up. I don't know. I have no idea why I feel so beaten up. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, maybe... You know, you're just, uh, you know, you caught a virus or something like that. You know, my friend, he's a doctor, one of the best doctors out there. Um, and he told me, you know, it could be a post-viral. You got a virus and, you know, you just kind of, you know, as time goes on, you know, you'll get better. In my case, though, I was tested for, you know, any of the viruses that they test for, you know, in Costa Rica and Japan. They don't really know what viruses you can get. But they tested me for um, uh, Zika. It was one of them. I forget the other name of the virus. Um one that's fairly major down there and yeah no they came clean so I mean if I had it I would have at least showed it in my you know in the blood test so yeah as the time went on I just started to get worse and worse um you know getting tired was one thing then I started getting these like twitches in my leg it felt like you know my muscles were jumping and that, that was kind of scary you know you're thinking you know why are my muscles jumping whether it be in my chest or in my calves or in my legs right and Doctors are telling me, oh, these are just nervous tics. You're just anxious and that's causing them. Just relax. You know, that'll help. You know, you know your body better than anybody else knows your body or their body. So I was, you know, at a loss at this point because I was like, no, there's something that is beyond that which I'm seeing right in front of me. There's something that I, you know, I cannot control. And despite everybody you know, whether it be my family or the doctors or my friends or anybody telling me that, you know, just just relax. You know, it's it's in your head. Them telling me that, you know, whatever's going on is not something serious. You just need to relax. I never felt that way because I just felt that there was something off. You know, I wake up and I'm exhausted. I'm at work and, you know, for some reason, lights are bothering me. I feel like lights are piercing my eyes and I feel lightheaded all the time. 
and then like i said the muscles are twitches like i literally could feel them twitching i could put my finger over my leg and then all of a sudden there's a twitch you know i would get it in my chest um i've never been an anxious person ever you know i've literally i've you know we all go through bouts of depression that's that's human nature but anxious never i've always felt that i was in control um i passed the bar last year it was one of my you know biggest accomplishments in my life i felt that you know i had reached the pinnacle the peak um of you know all my hard work in my life you know from you know struggling from in school to you know working hard and being like you know this is you know i know i have the ability to succeed and here i was at the pinnacle of my success right there and then june of 2018 i passed the bar and i was excited as you know i was going to become a lawyer i was planning on doing my masters and you know starting new things becoming uh you know opening my own practice one day you know there's so many plans that i had you know finding the right girl you know getting married starting a family there's this was just the beginning you know after a long life of ups and downs you know life is difficult you have difficult stretches um you know things that are out of your control things that are in your control but here i was at the pinnacle and i i was ready to start the next chapter of my life of finally you know all the struggle being over and ready to just you know ram on but then i started getting sick and everybody was saying, oh, you know, you just you pass the bar. You just are, you know, you just are overexcited about it. You know, you're you, you reached that pinnacle. And now you have, you know, kind of this, you know, this high that is gone because you have no more things to achieve, no more things to attain. But that didn't seem right because I feel the twitches and I see lights that are piercing me and I feel lightheaded and I feel like there's knives, you know, up in my head. And I'm starting to get anxious, which I've never been anxious. I'm, get, I'm getting a, a depression that I've never had. I feel just like I'm lost and nothing that I do is making me better. Uh, I started then getting pain, you know, knives up and down my legs. And, you know, my eyes felt like there was knives cutting through my eyes. And I was like, what is happening? You know, what's happening? Why, why am I not the same as I was just a few months ago? Well, my grandfather passed away in... June, right before the bar, um, he would have been. He was probably the most excited person um, to see him, maybe become a lawyer. You know, he'd call every other week. You know, to my parents, he'd be like, "Hey, did you get results yet?" And um, um, rest in peace to him. I was glad that I could give that to him to for him to know that I passed before he passed away. Um, but yeah, people were like, "Oh, your grandfather passed away." You know, you're just going through some emotional trauma as a result of that. But I was like, "No, there's there's way too many physical symptoms for me." to go through that right there was too much that goes beyond that is which is you know just normal you know just normal you know depression or you know sadness because i'm feeling you know burning sensations and like i said knives up and down my legs and i i feel so lightheaded i can't even sit up you know i went to a neurologist i went to a um ENT oh it's your sinuses you know sinuses can cause dizziness and neurologists said oh it's migraines migraines can cause dizziness but you know nothing really you know at the end of the day we know who we are we intuitively know what is going on in our bodies so when somebody's telling me that oh this is just a migraine or somebody's telling me oh your sinuses are just acting up I just I just didn't feel right I feel like there's something that's being missed um I'm going, you know, and the problem with the Canadian system and the Canadian system is great. I will not say that there's anything bad with the Canadian system because I got great care. I saw every doctor I needed to see. The only problem is with regard to referrals because it can take time. Now, obviously, I'm working full time. I just started as a lawyer 
and I have to go through, through these referrals and I'm going from referral to referral and these can take months at a time and I'm just getting worse and worse. I, my symptoms are not improving, right? So this post viral that the doctor had said that it, it might be, you know, I felt like, you know, I did not reach this, you know, this crevice uh, that where I was going to, you know, shoot back up as he was going to say, I just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it got to the point where last September I went to my boss, um, great lawyer. He was my mentor, taught me everything that I know. I went to him and I said, hey, I can't work anymore. You know, he had he knew that I wasn't feeling well because I kept going from doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment. You know, I could not work anymore. I was just so lightheaded and I felt in so much pain. And it was it was disheartening because I, I really loved my job. I really enjoyed going to work. The people I worked with, you know, it, it, I felt comfortable. You know, I was working there for two years after I, I started articling there with my boss. You know, he's only a few years older. You know, we had a good time. So here I was now saying, OK, I'm going to have to take a leave of absence. And, you know, it's you know, it, I was sad because I've never not worked. I've worked since I was 16 years old, since I was 16 years old. I've worked even before that. I worked at my father's business as a child when I was 10, 11 years old. He would take me in. He taught me great work ethic. And I got a job when I was 16 at uh, Zellers and at Future Shop. I mean, I've always been working, you know, whether it be retail, I've always had a job. And for me to not be working when I was in law school, I was working as well. So it was disheartening for me because all I know is, you know, hard work, you know, full time writing the bar. I was, you know, working full time as well, articling. And that was I, I was like, no, I'm going to I don't I'm not going to stop working. I'm going to, you know, reach my goals by just working hard because that's what I feel is, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I feel like I could. You know, I might not even work harder than, you know, everybody. I, I'll never say that I'm the best guy in the room, but I will always do my best in terms of trying my hardest. That's the one thing I will always do because probably somebody else trying harder than me. So I'm not going to say that I'm trying the hardest, but I will try as best as I think that I can try for myself. So I would be working 60, 70 hours a week with work and the bar and I passed it. And I was like, you know, here I am. I, I, I reached the pinnacle with all that work. So now all of a sudden, just a few months later, I am now you know, bedridden, essentially, you know, and I'm going from appointment to appointment and everybody telling me that it's all in my head, you know, and it's disheartening, you know, going, you know, your mother or your father or your siblings or your, you know, your cousins, uncles, aunts, friends telling you that whatever's going on is nothing serious. You know, whatever's happening is just, you know, you've got, you've had so many tests done, your blood results are coming normal, right? So you know that something is wrong with you and it's not that they don't believe that you're going through that, but because they're not doctors or in my friend's case, who is a doctor or they are doctors and these blood results are all coming clean. They all feel, you know, what could be wrong that, you know, this many blood tests or this many examinations would not have found. So I was at a loss. So I, like I said, I started to go and, you know, Google it, go through Google and find what fits the symptoms and you know, I'm like oh I have MS you know MS was the first thing that came up and typically MS does present with some sort of like with some sort of parent who has you know some sort of connection to them and it does present a lot of the time in more northern climates so I was like hey MS okay fine I don't I don't care I have MS that's okay you know there are ways that you can live a pretty fairly happy life with MS I had a you know brain MRI clean now, I read up that in neck MRIs, you know, sometimes brain MRIs miss it. Neck MRIs can catch it. I did end up having a neck MRI months later, and that was clean as well. But, yeah, so MS is off the table. Then I was like, okay, what if it's lupus? Maybe lupus is on the table. 
you know, it's possible. So I had gone and seen, um, well, I had had a few tests done. There's any medical uh, aficionado will know that there's a plethora of tests you can have done. Uh, but uh, the CRP was normal for me. Um, basically, it checks for inflammation in the body. So lupus was off the table then. And then I had, I had been so lost that my aunt and uncle had said, how about you stay at our house for a little bit? Maybe there is something environmental. You know, maybe there's something in our house and, or in your house, but, you know, my home. And I said, sure, you know, why not? You know, I, I stayed with them for three weeks and nothing really improved. I, I was still going through the same thing. Um, you know, my uncle opened up his house to me. Unfortunately, he passed away just a month later after that, which was that was really heartbreaking for me. But, you know, that was something on the side. Um, I was already going through what I was going through, but that was just, you know, that was just like, you know, that was really hard for me because, you know, he opened, he was, he was one of the, like my parents and I would say him were, have been the three people who have been the most, you know, cu you know, most concerned, you know, he, he did not, he could not see me go through what I was going through. It was disheartening to him and wherever he is right now, I hope he knows that I am, you know, I'm doing better. And I'm working, I'm getting better, and I want to be 100%, and I'm going to keep working. Um, so rest in peace um, to him, and uh, he was a great man. That's what I'll say. But yeah, so you know, nothing happened after three weeks, and then I got a referral from my family doctor to the best infectious guy in the city, in Toronto. And I'm not going to name names. So I went to him, and I had mentioned Lyme to him, because I did have the Lyme test done. Now, I'll, I'll touch upon the Lyme test a little bit later, but I did have it done and it was negative. So I, he said that no, Lyme doesn't really present in Ontario. It doesn't happen, basically. It doesn't exist. So I said, okay, fine. So he tested me for a few other things, and lo and behold, I was positive for strongyloides. Strongyloides is a parasite. This parasite, I may have gotten in Costa Rica. I may have gotten this in Pakistan. I have visited Pakistan growing up. And basically, it usually causes more stomach symptoms. Now, I did have stomach issues in the last year. I basically lost my appetite. I did. I pretty much stopped eating. I went from about 180 pounds, I'm about six foot one, six foot two, 180 pounds to about 155, 160. So, I guess I, at the time I was like, "Oh, strongyloides, you know, that's the answer for everything." But part of me wasn't sold because. This is only for stomach symptoms. So I was like, okay, maybe strongyloides can cause all these issues if it's in your body for too long. So I did take the medicine for it. And I, I, I honestly, I didn't feel much better. I didn't feel very different. I felt the same. And I was confused. I was actually at a loss. So then I started to go back to what, you know, I had read, you know, about Lyme. Because Lyme just fit everything. Because it's non-specific, it can attack any system, and it can cause a, an, a myriad of symptoms. And you know, one day it can be neurological, one day it can be physical, one day it can be even you know emotional. And everybody was thinking that you know it was one of those chicken and egg scenarios. Was I depressed because I was not feeling well, or was I not feeling well because I was depressed? Depression, anxiety, these things are symptoms of Lyme. I wasn't, I, you know, and part of it also is that, you know, I was sick. I was not feeling well. I'm, you know, I'm not going to work. I can't go and do the normal things that I'm accustomed to, going to the gym, I, you know, I hang out with my friends, going for a drive, you know, driving because it became difficult because it became so lightheaded. You know, I go 
to visit my family in Michigan all the time. I'm talking about, you know, every few months. Driving four or five hours, I, I don't need to stop. And now all of a sudden driving half an hour became difficult because I get so lightheaded, you know. And it was even just, not just lightheaded. Now there was an anxiety that I was going to become lightheaded. So there was an anxiety of getting sick. So here I was sick and, you know, depressed and reading up on Lyme. Now with Lyme, uh, here I'm back with the testing. With Lyme, what, what it is, there's a two-stage test. The two-stage test starts with the ELISA, and then there's a second part of it called the Western blot. Now, with the ELISA, what they're looking for is if your body has produced antibodies for Lyme. Now, if these antibodies are produced, then you have passed, and they're going to check the second part, which is the Western blot, which is actually looking for the infection in your body. Now, you can have the antibodies, and then you're, you know, let's say you get you know, treated for it and the Western blot comes negative, and you could all be, you know, fully treated for it. Now, with in Canada, and I, somebody had told me recently that this may have changed now, that they may actually go to the Western blot first because of the, you know, there is a big medical contingent out there, you know, a lot of debate with regard to the Lyme topic, you know, there, I doubt that even more than five people are going to listen to this, but if a medical doctor is listening to this, who is a proponent of Lyme being a fallacy, um, for those who are have not passed the ELISA, who have, it, it only shows up for the Western blot, um, and this is hokum and some sort of you know medical method for doctors to make money. Fair on them, you know. I can't. All I can speak on is the experience that I've gone through. All I can speak on is my life. For anybody else, there are there are thousands of people who have come across whether it be forums or Reddit or. You know, even just the doctors who I've spoken to who are Lyme specialists who told me this, you know, the same story that I'm going through. Um, I, there was even Avril Lavigne had gone through a similar story. My dad came across that and I was like, oh, yeah, sure. But, you know, her story was the same as mine as well. And, and she said doctors were not believing her. And this is a real thing. You know, if you you unless you go through anything at the end of the day, you are your own biggest advocate. Whether anybody believes you or not is irrelevant. The only people that really it affects is myself and my family. And for me, I was a fully functioning person. It was not like I was a sitting at home or enjoying at home kind of person. I loved being out and about. I love being active. You know, like I said, I started traveling last year after I finished the bar, Japan, Costa Rica. I was excited to go and experience that which I've not experienced yet. You know, I had worked all my life to go and see the world, to go and, you know, find the girl of my dreams. There's so many things I wanted to do, right? So... To those people who say that I, 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 you know, people who are sick, they're looking for an answer to make all their symptoms fit. I, I pray for you that one day you will never have to deal with this, whether it be yourself or your family. So, as I said, the Western blot. So Lisa, for me, came negative twice. But I read up that, you know, if you have Lyme, your immune system is so suppressed that you may not even produce enough antibodies for it to become positive. So I said, you know what? Nothing is working. I, I need to figure it out. I fully believe that I have Lyme, and I've felt that I've had Lyme for at least, you know, like I, I felt it for about six, seven months at that point. So in, I believe it was March, April this year, I sent my blood to um, a Lyme testing clinic in California. Now, this is not CDC approved or FDA approved. They say that, you know, this is, again, people trying to make, they're trying to make money, whatever. I said, I'm going to send it there. Now, 
backstory to that before I should said that sent that there are people who are Lyme specialists they're called LLMDs now in Canada there are few and far between in the states there are a few thousand of them and in Canada they're very hard to find in Ontario where I am from there is one that I know of although somebody else told me there is a man or a male doctor who is also an LLMD here but I had only known from the one from Lyme Ontario or the one they had referred me to so she's up in Cremorne. So I had contacted her, told her my story, and she said, yeah, this is the same story that I hear every single time. And she said, what you need to do is you need to get in touch with a functional medicine doctor. Again, pseudoscience, any doctors, like I said, I doubt more than five people are ever going to listen to this. Pseudoscience. And she said, you, need to, you are going to work with him and you're going to work with us. Before you see us, you need to send your blood work to Igenix in California. Not approved. I don't care. I am sick. I feel knives running up and down my arms and legs. I feel a there are knives behind my eyes. I feel there's knives cutting up and down my brain. If there's burning sensations all over my body, no one can tell me that this is on my head or this is just some migraine aura. Because I know myself and I know what a migraine is. And the the turn of my health was not it was just a flip a switch in my life just turned upside down and so I sent it and two weeks later I got the blood results back and I am positive for Lyme a and there's three co-infections that I had Bartonella Babesia and Rickettsia all four combined basically is your life is going through hell once again any doctors listening doubt that anybody's gonna listen to this anyways but if there is anybody out there listening who is a doctor I know this is what I have. And, you know, like there are many things, you know, traditional medicine, Western medicine has only been, it's fairly new. And there are still things that they are learning. So I was like, okay, you know, this came positive for me. Yes, this cost me a little bit of money, but the LLMD in Ontario didn't cost me really anything. This is what I'll say. So she's not trying to make money. So I went to go see her. And she had a bit of, she had a bit of an eccentric, uh, sorry, eccentric personality, eclectic in the way that her methods are. But she gave me the antibiotics that I needed and the medicine that I needed. I have been taking them for about two months. Um, and I started a new batch of them about a month ago. And I do feel better. I genuinely feel better. Now, there is something called a Herx reaction. A Herx reaction is where... You take medicine and these little particles called cytokines are released. Cytokines basically are like the, the infection dying off and basically throwing hammers inside your body and making you feel even worse. So I do have ups and downs. But overall, I do feel better. I feel less dizzy. I feel less pain. And, you know, light sensitivity is getting better. Sorry, getting better. So... Here I am, slowly but surely getting better. Now, to those listening, and like I said, there's probably like five people maybe on the planet who will end up listening to this, but those who end up do listening to this, who are going through this, I am getting better. Now, there is a new drug out there called Disfilurim, which supposedly is the magic one. Now, I have contacted my LLMD, and she actually sent me an article about it about a month ago. And 
I'm getting impatient because this is not you take medicine for two, three weeks. Now, originally the thought was you take you take doxycycline for three weeks and here you are. Perfect. You're 100%. That is false. That is a fallacy. Now, I actually, let's backtrack a little bit. When I thought I had Lyme, I basically got a, my hands on about a month's supply of doxycycline. Don't ask me how, but I got a month's supply of doxycycline. I did not care. You know, I'm desperate. And I'm like, I'm fairly certain that I have Lyme. First day I take doxycycline and my symptoms got 50 times worse. The burning sensations got even worse. I felt a, it felt like there was fire up and down my body. Somebody was taking a match and they were lighting my, lighting up my eyes, lighting up my brain. I could not sit up. I was in agonizing pain. So again, I read up on these Herx reactions and here I am saying, okay, you know what? No antibiotic by itself can cause this level of pain. So there has to be some sort of connection. There, there, this must, there must be something that this doxycycline is doing. Because we all take antibiotics for any infection or cold, small infections or colds all the time. But I've never had this kind of reaction. So I took it and I felt slightly better, but not really better. So like I said, I went to the LLMD a few months later after I had my positive test. And she gave me antibiotics. She gave me, and then she said to work with the functional medicine doctor who I've been working with as well, who's been doing natural supplementation with me. And as I said, people will say it's pseudoscience, whatever it may be, I'm getting better. I'm hoping that dysfilarim, you know, is, I'm actually trying to see if I can get on it because I have been waiting for a year. You know, sitting at home is a hell that only those who have gone through any sort of chronic illness or, you know, any sort of even, you know, worse illness. I will not say that I am going through more than anybody else because there are people who have, you know, terminal illnesses like cancer, HIV, um, you know, so many, you know, people who have lupus, people who have MS, they're going through similar symptoms, you know, they have to live with it for their lives as well. You know, I am not going to sit and say that ah, I have it a lot worse than you, you know, and, you know, woe is me. I'm just trying to connect with people who have gone through it and just, you know, want to tell my story because this is, for me, it's actually a diary, you know, it's just to get my thoughts out. And if I can even connect to one person who will, you know, feel that this story you know, resonates with them, then for me, it was worth it. Um, as I've said, you know, this is my first episode and I don't know, you know, how many more I'm going to make, but I'll try to be, keep people updated on what's going on. Um, I, I, I thank everyone for listening. Like I said, I doubt that there are more than five people on this planet who are end up going to listen to this story. But for those who are suffering, no, you're not alone. And, you know, just keep going, keep persisting. You know, the fight, at the end of the day, you are in the fight and you see what you see every single day. And don't doubt yourself. Always believe that you know. You know, my, my dad actually never lost faith in me. My mom, I wouldn't say she lost faith in me, but, you know, she's like any human being. If she sees that, you know, you've had a hundred blood tests done and everything is coming clean, everything is coming normal. What could, you know, what else could it be, right? And my parents aren't doctors and to see them suffer like that, you know, I, I... It, it hurts a lot because I am the oldest in my family of three brothers. And, you know, in a traditional South Asian family, you are the one who sets the tone for, you know, your siblings to follow. And you you are kind of the first representation of your family. So 
for me, you know, my parents are, you know, they're getting their 50s and 60s. I wanted to let them, you know, sit at home and relax. And it's, it's, it's tough to sit at home. You know, you are the last, you know, you don't want to sit at home. You know, I remember what happened was I had a, a day where, you know, I was like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll try to go back to work. I, I, I'll try, I'll do my best. But, you know, the thing is that with Lyme, there is little to no, there's little to no congruency with it. One moment you could be completely fine. Well, I wouldn't say completely fine, but you feel, you know, maybe like 50 to 60% of yourself. And the next moment you are so lightheaded that you cannot even get out of bed. You know, you are in so much pain that you cannot get out of bed. I had, uh, what did I have? I had surgery actually during this time. I was, I was on, I was on long-term disability from work. So luckily money has not been an issue. Um, I have, like I said, a great supportive family as well, you know, brothers who are working. Um, but yeah, so money, sorry. So then I had surgery on my sinuses because like I said, they were like, Hey, maybe it's your sinuses. So I was like, all right, cool. Maybe this will help. I wore glasses inside my home for about two weeks. I went to my side, to my uh, ENT and I told him that I, my eyes are in so much pain that I, I cannot take my glasses off. And he said, I've never in all my years heard of that. And I was at a loss. I, I was like, why is this happening? And he was like, well, I, I don't know. He's like, I've never heard of that happening. That's when I knew that there was something beyond. I had spoken to my, my uh, LLMD about this and she said, likely because you put the taxing, you know, you know taxation on your, on your system, you know, it could have been, you know, eyes in the and Lyme, you know, I get eye floaters and I get pain in my eyes. But this kind of pain that I'm talking about, it actually felt like there was a someone was taking a, a fork and they were just scratching my eyes up. So I had to keep the glasses on that. That made it tolerable. You know, I, I was still in pain, but tolerable. You know, I look like a fool with glasses on inside in my own home. You know, and, and that's the thing. You, you look like a fool in general. You know, I, you had this anxiety. People invite me to things, whether it be my family or my friends, and I, you don't feel like yourself, number one. And number two, you are, you have this anxiety that you're going to feel sick. And quite often, that's what happens. I go somewhere and I'll, ha- I'll feel very lightheaded or I'll feel so much pain in my joints or it'll feel like there's fire or knives up and down my, my legs that I get, you know, I get anxious about it. I feel anxious that, hey, why is this happening to me right now? So I feel little to no, you know, attachment to the outside world because I don't feel like myself. And as a result, I just want to stay homebound until the day, you know, maybe one day I'll get back to 100% of myself. And during this process, I've definitely had periods of, I don't think I'm ever going to be the same again. I'm never going to be 100% again. You know, doctors now have reassured me and I've been on Lyme message boards and people say, you know, you will get better. Just give it time. But it's frustrating because you see other people who don't know what you're going through. I call it my passenger. I have someone who's it feels like there's a hand that's grabbing my body and just squeezing it. And as much as I try to run away from it, it just squeezes even tighter. So there's this passenger just, you know, or like, you know, there's an anchor. That's always taking me everywhere I go. So everyone around me doesn't understand what I'm going through because in all honesty, it's not very tangible unless you've gone through it. 
I've gone through it and those who have gone through it know it feels it's it's not even like a sensation that you can explain. It's like a sixth sense of you know, a sixth sense that of like lying. <laughs> As it were. It's like this this other body experience. Now psychiatrists and regular doctors who are not proponents of this will definitely say to me, Oh, you're just depressed. I'm I'm not depressed right now. Like listen to me right now. I'm not depressed. You know, my, my legs, my knees, my arms, they feel like knives are going through them. I feel like there's burning sensations. I get lightheaded. My eyes feel like, you know, somebody's running, you know, knives and forks through them. And I'm depressed at the fact that I'm sitting at home. Sure. But I'm not depressed. And, you know, I don't, like, I want to go outside. I want to go for a drive. I want to go and see my friends. I want to go to the gym. I want to play basketball. I want to do things. I want to do these things, but I physically cannot. And that's where the, the, that's where the disconnect remains, where people in the medical community who are not proponents of this, and there's, there's a lot of them. I would say the majority of them by far. People who are not proponents of it will say that there's a psychological aspect to it, or, of course, that there's some other medical issue that you have not found out yet. I've been tested for everything. I've been tested up and down for every single thing, and nothing has come outside the realm of normality except for, um, for Lyme. I had, oh, I had protein in my urine, which they couldn't explain. They said, oh, I don't know where that came from. And they said that oh, that's usually associated with lupus. But then they were like, well, your lupus test came normal, ANA normal, anti-DS DNA normal. Uh, CRP normal, so they're like, we don't know where this protein came from. Um, I went to a, I went to the hospital. I've been to the hospital about, I don't know, a hundred times in the last year. I've been to the hospital. I've been told. I was told by a doctor about my age who said that you know there are. I see people who are your age coming, wasting our time. Can you not waste the medical, you know, the the, the medical community's time? And I said, okay, my mom was going to punch him in the face because she could see how much pain I was in. Um, but yeah, I, I took my urine, I sent it there and they said, yeah, there's protein in your urine and we have no idea why. Again, lupus came normal, so they still have no idea why there's protein in my urine. And I'm getting, like, I, I also had, oh, I had a colonoscopy in the last year and because I was getting bleeding in my stool. And again, no idea why, no idea why there's bleeding in my stool. They just said that, you know, they said, oh, it could be hemorrhoids, but there was no hemorrhoids. So they, they were at a loss there as well. So, you know, here I am, you know, telling this long-winded and, you know, not, it's not an original story, but it's clearly a, you know, you know, the 1% of the 1%, that's what I'll say. You know, there are many of us who feel that the medical community, you know, shuns us and we are going through a lot of pain and we get shunned for it. You know, we are going through so much pain and it's you get it's like a double whammy you both you have to go through what you're going through yourself and then you also have this doubt from outsiders who are looking at you as though you are trying to make up stories or you are looking for attention i didn't make this podcast for attention you know i like i said i was an i was an accomplished lawyer everything was going well for me it was just the beginning of great things for me if somebody feeling like scissors are cupping cutting up and down your legs that's not in your head and that cannot be a migraine such a bad 
so much dizziness that you feel like there's fire up in your eyes or up in your brain or up in your like i don't even just get it like this headache kind of i get like it in my like a fire that's burning up and down my body as i said only those who go through it know what they're going through so i'll, I'll leave it for that today i know that was a lot to digest I appreciate everybody for listening. Um, <laughs> there's probably five people listening. Heck, heck, if there's one person listening, I'll be shocked. But if there's anybody listening, feel free to reach out to me. My name is Ali Nakvi. I am from Toronto. And uh, good luck. And like I said, I'll keep you guys updated.